Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome back to another session. I am really excited about today's episode primarily because we haven't chatted in almost four weeks. And when this episode drops, it is going to be the first of 2024, the first day. And that is so exciting to me because we have a whole year ahead of us that is filled with so many opportunities to really dig into and get into the nitty gritty of your disparity, of your blocks, of your barriers, of what's hindering you from having more faith and creating more adventures and having more fun and being more honest and really just going for it. It's so, so amazing to me to take witness to my clients and particularly one that I just wrapped up, um, what ended up being nine months together. Where she started was a space of complete distress. Where she ended was her circumstances, her external circumstances weren't necessarily easier, but her frame of mind, her ability to condense her um, her emotions, like what would have put her in a state of disparity for weeks, ended up only being a few days. Her ability to foresight positivity and optimism and leaning on faith in everything that is happening was such an incredible experience to take witness to her developing and growing her really finding her true character as she navigates what could arguably be one of the most challenging years of her life which was 2023 and what's so interesting to me is that there were three themes that came up with all my clients in 2023 it's what this episode is going to be about today that if you continue to take this into your 2024, you are going to end your year off burnt out, exhausted, likely facing some sort of ailment or illness, and really struggling with a lot of self-sabotage. And I don't want that for you. I want you to be able to tune into this podcast every single week in this new year and be able to gain the insight and the knowledge and the clarity and the awareness and the understanding and the opportunities and the optimism to finally bust through these notions and these ideas and these beliefs that are holding you back from growing in your relationship with Jesus, that are holding you back from taking charge over your life, that are holding you back from just finally doing the damn work. You know what I mean? Like, it's so interesting to me how in this time that I've taken a step back from like life, social media, cell phones, technology, my business outside of um, the Christmas Love Project, which I will update you on in a moment how that went this year. And just like, I want to just say a huge thank you to each and every single one of you that liked the post, shared the post, donated to the cause, contributed to the experience. It was truly such an amazing, um, an amazing time, but we'll talk about it in a moment. So as I have taken this time off in these last four weeks, I have had so much clarity in regards to just some of these common themes of what I helped my clients through throughout 2023, how all of that is going to massively affect you in 2024 and we're going to be talking about some very clear obvious steps for you to take to 
make sure that your 2024 is the most deeply genuine, adventurous, fun, loving, um, goal-achieving, faith-led, grace-filled life you have ever had yet. And I have so much to say, but I really want to try and condense this and make this such an impactful episode for you. So let's get into this. Um, First and foremost, uh, one of the primary reasons why I got to take these four weeks off, which was so needed and necessary, you guys, if you have not done a digital detox, if you have not just like stepped back from other people's lives and consuming what they're doing and buying and saying, I highly recommend it because you just don't realize how much you do not spend time in your own life until you really take a break from social media. I think that was one of my biggest things. Like I'm a pretty present mother. Um, My screen time is a little bit astronomical. Primarily, I do a lot of my screen time um, first thing in the morning or late at night when everybody's in bed. However, like that could be used so much more efficiently and effectively not on my phone consuming other people's lives that if we're going to get really honest with each other, we don't really care about what other people are doing, right? We spend so much time worrying about what other people think of us and what they're going to say about us and if they're going to judge us on our decisions and our choices and our outfits and our like life. People don't care. Like I consumed so much of people's lives over the last year and I really don't care what they're doing. And if you reflect on how much time you've spent consuming other people's lives, the, the, the facts you know about people, what they drink in the morning for their coffee, what they eat for their lunch, how they dress their kids, the things they do on the weekend, you don't really care. But some for some reason, you know all this stuff. How much more productive would your year have been if you didn't take the time consuming what people online are doing. And if you really want to get honest with yourself, this is like a lot of introspection that I've had over the last four weeks. I will never meet half these people that I know all this stuff about them. And nobody talks about this side of it, right? Like we spend so much time, we say, oh, you know, don't spend so much time getting wrapped up in other people's lives and it doesn't matter what they're doing and, you know, be more present with where you're at and what you're doing and, you know, really live your life. But then we know what Jennifer the social influencer's ma like does with her kids on the weekend and this specific braid that she always braids her daughter's hair or this perfect princess dress that her daughter can't stop wearing or you know her Amazon finds and what she's shopping and it's like did you ever buy anything from them have you ever done that braid in your child's hair do you really care here's where this is all going okay I want to lay this out this way because You're likely at the point right now where you're kicking off a new year and you're saying to yourself, this is the year I'm not going to fail myself. This is the year I'm finally going to find my identity. This is the year where I finally make this commitment. And you're probably toying somewhere between I will not set a new year's resolution because I refuse to let myself down and I refuse to quit and fail and I refuse to feel What it actually is, is all the guilt and the shame two weeks in when I fall off track. And so you're probably somewhere in between rebuking a New Year's resolution or really digging into this mentality and this idea, this this imaginary idea that this is going to finally be the year where you get yourself together and you find out who you are and you build this wonderful year like this is it. Well, 
Here's the catch 22 with starting your year off with whichever side of that spectrum that you're on. And it really is one or the other. People either take the side of, I'm not going to set a New Year's resolution or I'm finally going to commit to one. Here's what happens when you start your year off with this. And I'm going to share with you what you can do instead to ensure that this year is truly the best one yet. The problem with both of these mentalities, the first side of that being if you're rebuking a New Year's resolution, is if you're going into a new year without any goal, without any vision, without any direction, you are setting yourself up to fail immediately. Because if we do not have anything to work towards, if you don't put anything on that list, and it could be literally just making sure your house is clean every week or that you don't have your laundry all over your floor and pouring out of your laundry baskets and your your laundry machines like that's like if that is at the very least your goal this year please pick at least one thing because when we don't have anything to work towards you fail to grow and evolve and achieve greater in your life. And that might seem to some mundane or very simple or, oh, I can do that. But how many times have you told yourself you're no longer going to let your laundry get that way or you're no longer going to eat takeout or you're no longer going to eat unhealthy or you're finally going to exercise or you're no longer going to spend frivolously and then you let yourself down. Pick at least one goal because we need something to work towards. However, a goal without a plan is why people oftentimes fall off the wagon within two weeks. And then a goal without a plan and without support is why people never get past the first, I want to say 30 to 60 days. So we're going to talk about that today. Here are the three core lessons that I reviewed over the 20 clients that I had throughout this year and that's not including single sessions, the common themes between all of them were these. If you're going to continue to care what other people think about you, you're going to play small and you're going to continue to face a lot of internal criticism. If you don't get your life organized, deal with your house, deal with your finances, and deal with your health, you are going to spend this next year burnt out, exhausted, and developing ailments and illnesses if you haven't already. And the third one is, if you don't prioritize your faith, growing in your personal relationship with Jesus and God, you are going to waste this next year distracted. And it's consistent across these clients in everything that they were working on, in their desired goals that they set for themselves, in what they developed, the skills, the knowledge, the discipline, the consistency that they developed, it fell into, if not one, all of these categories. They wanted to overcome caring about what other people thought and facing and dealing with their internal criticism, healing that aspect. They had their life was completely disorganized if it wasn't one specific thing it was multiple areas of life relationships their house their finances their health their career and they ended up burnt out exhausted and developing ailments and illnesses when they started addressing these aspects uh, everything changed for them Um, and not prioritizing your faith there was so much time wasted on 
oh, maybe I should do this thing and maybe I should do this thing and maybe I should pivot here and maybe I, you know, maybe working towards my weight loss goal isn't a thing. Maybe I need to work on my relationship. Maybe I need to go and spend more time caring about myself and worrying about myself and dealing with myself instead of, you know, if I become, if I focus on myself more, then I will become a Pretz mom. I'm telling you right now, you are running yourself through a rat race. A, you're on a hamster wheel cycle that you're never going to get off. You are trapped in the devil, devil's snare. And these three core themes, lack of faith and prioritizing that relationship, um, lack of organization in your life, and allowing this idea that other people actually care about what you're doing and what you're thinking and where you're going in your life, allowing these things to continue to hinder you and be the excuse, because it's an excuse, um, for why you can't move forward, for why you're not healing, for why you're still stuck in these same patterns again and again and again, year after year after year, it is only going to cause you mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical ailments, illnesses, hindrances, blocks, and barriers. And I don't want that for you. And if you're listening to this, you probably don't want that for yourself either. And what I find to be so fascinating is that one of the things that I've talked about here often is at the beginning of of 2023, God really called me to my knees to just surrender to instead of chasing all these ideas outside of me that I need to communicate better and I need to fix my finances and I need to fix my business and I need to fix my health and I need to fix myself and or heal whatever word you want to use. It's really interchangeable, um, but it all means the same thing. When God brought me to my knees and helped me to realize that building my relationship with him was was the priority and working towards being a present patient mother was number two, all those other things that I thought that I needed to heal or fix or change or transform or discipline my way through naturally did as a byproduct to focusing on those two first things. And the primary reason was when I went to address being more vulnerable and honest and open in um, conversations with relationships. When I decided to tackle more of a financial stability and structure to help me and Phil move forward with our life in terms of where we want to go, we had a lot of stuff over the last six years that have piled up from when um, he had all of his health traumas that we are finally on the other side of now. Um, When I wanted when I started making some really big massive pivots in my business when I decided that my next level of growth and education was going to come from an institutional form when I decided that my health is my priority as well I was able to approach all those things from such a more graceful like frame of mind spiritual understanding flow of energy emotional consistency, physical discipline, I was able to approach all those things with so much more ease and grace and flow and love and compassion that they naturally just started to develop and work out on their own because I wasn't trying to fix an external thing. I was transforming myself internally with God and grace and Jesus at the forefront of who was transforming me. I took the burden off needing to save and fix and heal myself 
and gave it up to God. And by creating that discipline and by creating an identity in him and by and finding my identity in him and growing in my relationship with him, he worked on me. So when I went to approach all these other areas, all of the ailments and symptoms that I was facing with my health started to go away. Because I became more in tune with my intuition. I became more in tune with my body. I became more in tune with my frame of mind and my approach to how I was dealing with my life and how I was talking about myself and the people I was spending my time with and why I had lack of consistency in different areas of my life and why I struggled with other things um, that I was facing. I was able to move through all these external factors with so much more love and ease and grace because I wasn't having to fix myself anymore. I wasn't having to heal myself anymore. God was doing that work for me as I continued to lean on him daily. And if you're going into 2024, like there are external aspects in in regards to like you do need a vision and you do need a goal to work towards. Otherwise, you just become complacent in your life. Like that's that's a very... Um, well-studied psychological part of human development and behavior like we need things to work towards with that being said whatever it is you want to work towards if you're doing it without God in it you're doing it for selfish intentions you're doing it because of wounds you're doing it to try and prove a point to try and prove something to someone else you're doing it out of a place of lack and scarcity and survivalism ultimately And I want you to break out of that cycle. My hope and wish and mission for you is to finally get out of that cycle and allow your life to start to progress and develop and grow and heal, not because you're doing all the work, but because you're leaning on the one who can transform you and guide you in graceful, sometimes really challenging and hard, but insightful and loving ways that allows you to approach your challenges and your traumas and your overwhelms and your disconnect through the eyes of Jesus and that is such a profound shift I don't know about you but going into 2024 one of my biggest takeaways especially having these four weeks to myself is that I don't have time I don't have time for the devil's games anymore. I don't have time to worry about who's saying what about me and what they might think and if they're going to accept it and if they're going to judge me. Like, I just don't have the mental capacity for that. I'm like, I'm not available for that. I don't have time to waste my mind and my emotions and my like physical like my physical time, my physical capabilities on stressing and worrying about my finances being out of whack, my health being out of whack, my house being out of whack. I'm going to just spend the time like working on that stuff, learning. I don't have the time to stress about, oh, I wish I wasn't here anymore. I wish this just, you know, was finally dealt with or I wish my laundry would just stop being put away. Let me tell you, friends, like as a side note, your laundry is never going to go away. You have to learn to create a schedule and consistency to one, sometimes it's going to take you a weekend and the whole house's effort to get everything washed and folded and put away and organized, but then create the consistency to keep it up, right? I don't know about you, but I don't have the time or the, the space in my mind 
for anything like that to take up what I know God needs me to do this year. I need to have and create more space and time so that he can work through me instead of the enemy working through me and having me focused and distracted and complacent with dealing with personal aspects of my life. I don't know about you, but I don't have any more time to be distracted. I don't have any more time to waste watching hours worth of TV or scrolling on social media, learning things about people's lives that I just really don't care about. I want to be a better servant to God. I want to help you to overcome where wasted time is taking place, where distractions are taking place, where burnout is taking place, where like spiritual warfare is taking place. I want to help you not face that anymore. And in order for me to do my job and continue to be a present patient mom and continue to be disciplined with my house and continue to love on myself through improving my health and continue to grow in my relationship with my husband and those around me that matter to me, I don't have time to waste on all this other clutter that's existed in my head, in my energy, in my emotional space, in my physical life. And I don't know about you, but if you're listening to this, you're probably agreeing that you don't have time for any of that either. These are three cores and three core themes that each and every single one of my clients faced in 2023. And I'm telling you right now with in regards to where this the state of the world is, where the economy is, where the d- continuing dismantling of our political spheres and our educational spheres and even our our health spheres are the way that medicine is dealt with the way that health is dealt with these things are going to continue to dismantle and crumble and if you're continuing to be wrapped up in any of that even going down the rabbit holes of figuring out who's screwing who over and who's stealing what from what people and and groups and what companies are running the world if you're going to continue to spend your time wasted in any of this and the self-sabotage and the internal criticism and worrying about what other people think of you and disorgan and, and having a disorganized life and not prioritizing your faith, 2024 is going to be one of the worst years of your life because you're not going to be able to emotionally, mentally, spiritually, or physically handle whatever changes take place. There is an election that's coming up. If you don't think that that is going to cause unbelievable unimaginable global chaos this year I'm telling you even if you don't care about the United States political system or you don't care about Canada's political system it is going to greatly affect your life and I don't want this to be a doom and gloom message but I want this to be a message of just real raw honesty and vulnerability because there's so many coaches out there that are wrapped up in this idea and therapists wrapped up in this idea of just affirming people's experiences. Well, I understand that you can't do this or that you struggle with this because of, and yes, there's a place for that empathy, but if we don't start having these hard, more masculine conversation about conversations about what's actually happening and why it's happening and what we're going to do about it moving forward, 2024 is going to be by far the most challenging year for so many people. Homelessness is going to go up. Um, 
the groceries, bills, cost of living is going to go up. People's quality of living is going to go down, but it doesn't have to. And that's what I really want to make a point here with. And now we're going to talk about what you can do instead to kick all of this stuff to the curb and move forward in your life for good. More faith-led, with more grace, having one of the most adventurous, loving, exciting, fun, joyful year of your life. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go write my English exam. I'm going to finish recording this episode and we are going to crush 2024 together because you deserve it. You deserve to be happy, healthy, wealthy, in love with your life, enjoying every aspect of it, even the hard stuff. Because the hard stuff leads to the greatest breakthroughs and shapes who you become. And when you have God in the center of all of that, when you have Jesus in the center of all of that, everything enhances tenfolds. All right, I will see you in a moment. All right, my first semester is completed. Oh my goodness, I'm so grateful to have been blessed with the opportunity to go through going back to traditional education. Now, in many forms, I don't believe traditional education is the best path for a lot of people. However, when it comes to helping and supporting people, I really do believe that coaches should seek out a traditional form of education in psychology because there are so many factors that coaches and coaching programs are missing that they need, coaches need to be able to truly help people. There is not a one-step process or approach. And what I've loved about this first semester is that it has really helped shape a deeper level of understanding and even back to the history components of what founded psychology and the fact that psychologists can't even agree on one specific type of approach for people, which is really fascinating and cool to know. So I am done and I am so grateful for this. So before we get into the um, three components, the steps that you can take to really um, thrive, I would say strive and thrive, thrive in your 2024 year surrounding these core lessons that came up as themes. And honestly, these themes have been existing for quite some time. However, as the years progress, they become more condensed and more intense. And I want you to be able to truly have the best experience in 2024, the most faith-led approach to your 2024 year. And you're going to be able to get that through what we talk about here today. Before diving into this, I want to just take a minute to thank each and every one of you who participated, whether it was a contribution, whether it was a share, a like, a comment on the Christmas Love Project and helping make it one of the most successful years that we have had thus far. One of our biggest donations this year was $500 from a company. And every single dollar, I want you all to know, was truly such a blessing and such an incredible experience just to receive that on your behalf and gift that from all of us to the family that we supported this year. We blessed them with almost $1,000 worth of gifts for the six um, family members. We blessed them with uh, about $500 worth of groceries and gas gift cards and grocery gift cards for them to be able to go on and just purchase what they needed for 
um, December and hopefully into January. So I want to thank you again so much for being a part of the Christmas Love Project. I'm really excited to turn this into a nonprofit next year and just make this even bigger for us to give as we um, enter into 2024. Okay, let's get into the steps that you can take. The sound, the volume probably shifted a lot. I realized my mic was unplugged and I'm not available to go back and re-record this um, because we just, we're just not going to do that. Okay, so here's what you can do. So in terms of the first one is caring about what other people think um, and recognizing that this is going to continue to perpetuate even more internal criticism that you carry into your reality, into your world. A lot of people don't realize that truly choosing to focus on and worry about what other people think about you isn't necessarily that you're even actively operating from the thoughts like, what is this person going to think of me? What are these people going to think of me? It's more so this internal, this subconscious, this unconscious dialogue that happens where when you're wanting to make a change, take a step forward, do something different, there's this hesitation. And when I was learning about all things energy, it was often this this unclear notion of okay, if there's hesitation, it's not intuitively for me. Or if there's hesitation, it's the universe's way of saying it's not for me. But one thing that I've come to recognize in finding a faith and devotion in Jesus is that that hesitation isn't from any external force saying this isn't for you. Even if it wasn't something willed for you by God, he will make it very clear for you. But when you're wanting to try something new or step into a health routine or you're wanting to build on a vision that's just bigger than yourself, bigger than something you've ever imagined. So I'll give myself for an example. I started with building a coaching practice and going back to school has a lot to do with me learning um integrating more of a traditional form of therapy understanding into my practice with my clients as well as I want to open up clinics in the future and build an online component of help affording people the ability to get all the psychological and therapeutic um, needs met within their lives so that people are not struggling or aren't worried about whether or not they have the 150 or 250 dollars to get the private help like there's different components and aspects that I want to build out and in order for me to do this ethically and appropriately I'm going to require the traditional form of education the licensing to do so and so when I had this idea come to me the hesitation isn't because God's saying no. I don't even know if he's saying no. I won't know if he's saying no until I get to that point of pursuing that. But I can go through the traditional forms of education, which is going to require me to stick with this for the next four years or five years, well, four and a half years. Um, and it won't even be until that point of going with the process of opening up clinics and all those kinds of things. And I might even get to the point of opening up the clinics and I don't know, circumstances happen or, or nothing happens. Maybe it goes amazingly. But that initial hesitation that I had with going back to school and thinking about a longer term plan for my life and, and recognizing different ways to integrate more financial stability that didn't 
solely require me to constantly be selling my services and, and self essentially online, that hesitation wasn't because God was saying no. That hesitation was coming from this internal unconscious dialogue of who am I to do this and what are people going to think of me and you know based on where I started and where I'm going and the values that I integrate now and I and I value now you know what are what are the what are people going to say about me and so when you're wanting to do something if your focus and devotion is in God, it's number three that we talk about, which is really truly number one. If you don't prioritize your faith, you're going to waste your next year distracted. You're going to spend so much time in this mindset that you can't do something or it doesn't work out or you don't have the means or the capability or the energy or the time to do things. But the truth is that we actually have a lot of time. I mean, objectively we don't our life on this earth is like a blink of an eye but we do in our day-to-day life have a lot of time like there really isn't any reason why one to two times a week your laundry and preparing your meals and getting like household things done cannot be scheduled there is no reason why there's not enough time for you to be able to if you have kids integrate one or two or three depending on how many kids you have extra curricular activities there's there's no reason why there isn't enough time for you to sit for 20 minutes and read the bible even if it's every other day there's not there is no reason why that there is this notion of not enough time there's actually quite a lot of time that we have in a day we just don't use it effectively and our focus and our priority is in a survivalistic state that is always chasing fulfillment in something outside of jesus And so when we put our focus and our priorities in building that relationship with Jesus, things like worrying about what other people think of you and your vision and your goals, it no longer becomes this limiting factor anymore. I didn't have the time with air quotes around that per se to go back to school full time, to homeschool full time, to run a business online full time. And the number one thing that I hear from people when I talk about all the things that I'm doing right now is how do you have the time to do this? And for me, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not even about how I have the time to do this. It's just that my priority and focus is always in Jesus. And so when I feel a calling to something or when I know I need to do something like homeschooling our children is an absolute non-negotiable, I know that the time will be afforded to me and it's my job to be disciplined in that practice to ensure that all these things get done. Studying at night, studying early in the morning, writing my emails you know, on Sundays, making sure that my course programs are developed on Mondays, making sure that podcasts are recorded by Thursdays. Like, There's ways to pocket time for the things that you need to do in order to make and get things done. And so when you feel that hesitation come up, really ask yourself, Am I fully trusting in God's plan for me? Am I fully trusting in God working through me and knowing and believing and trusting that this is something that I'm going to work towards? I've wanted to go back to school for traditional forms of therapy and get licensed for almost three years now. And I would say that prior to starting, there were factors that really did limit limit me from going back to school. However, I wasn't in some perfect frame of mind or some perfect financial standing or some perfect time management capability to be able to do this. 
But there came a point where I recognized that the reason that I stopped myself from doing this before is because I was really truly worried about what my clients would think of me doing this, about what other people that really hold no weight and opinion in my life were going to think of me doing this. You know, there was so many, so much of this like worried about what other people were going to think that held me back from doing this sooner. And I don't regret any of it. Going through school now really allowed me to recognize that that was a hindrance on my life, that worrying about other people's judgment was a hindrance, that the enemy was utilizing that worry to hold me back from pursuing this further. And that in the pursuit of helping people, of my objective goal is to truly help people. And I feel this deep calling to go back to school to learn this to get licensed to have a bigger vision outside of just building some million dollar business online opening clinics and opening ways for other clinicians to be able to build extensions of their work online you know there's there's so many gaps and holes that I see in traditional therapy and the lack of using online approaches, equally the lack of ethics in coaches who don't have the appropriate licensing to do the therapy work. There's so many gaps that I see. And so if my goals are centered around helping people and my heart and my mind is focused on Jesus, then this nudge to go forward in this can only be coming from a righteous place. And if there's bumps and gaps and mountains and cliffs that exist in the way along the way then so be it like everything else in life you adjust and everything else in life I will adjust but I know that there's going to be a greater plan I also know that whenever you do anything towards God's kingdom towards improvement and praising him and bringing people to him the enemy is going to come in and try and sabotage that along the way and so if I fully wholeheartedly mind, body, and soul believe in him and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness and his love and his guidance and that my goal in everything that I am doing moving forward is to bring people to him, then I know when there's hiccups or uncertainties or challenges or like really big challenges along the way that it's just an opportunity to grow. It's just an opportunity for me to really lean more into having this faith, this reverent faith that that God has shown me that I get to have, that I need to have, that that is expected of me. And so as you go into 2024, really do that self-check. You know, really think about for yourself and your future, what is it that you want? Are you actually only thinking about three months, six months, or a year ahead? Like when people talk about dreaming bigger or creating vision boards, it's so funny. Some people argue that it's not biblical. I actually believe that if your heart and focus is centered in Jesus, there's nothing wrong with making a vision board. I made a vision board and by the end of 2023, almost every single thing on that vision board has come true. I had this like perfectly organized, neat walk-in closet. I had a baby on there. No, I'm not pregnant, but Noah just turned one. I had a pink dress suit pantsuit and blazer I had health and wellness like everything that was on my vision board has ultimately almost everything has come true traveling was on there I traveled to Arizona this year for the first time in three years like it's so incredible to see that if your heart is aligned in the right place 
worrying about what other people think becomes so minuscule on your list of things to focus and worry about. Sure, you're not going to escape it all like completely, but you'll recognize it faster. And so what I'm inviting you to do is in this year, dream bigger than just what you want to see at the end of 2024. Like me opening up clinics and me expanding my business in the form of helping people on a deeper level and integrating more ethics and faith into traditional forms of therapy, that's like a five to 10 year plan. And I know that that's what I'm going to strive for. And if that is not meant for me, I always pray for God to take away what does not come from him. But with that being said, I'm going to work towards it as if it is coming from him. Who I am going to become in that process, in dreaming bigger, in pushing my own limitations, in pushing my own capabilities, in pushing past my own understanding, in leaning deeper into faith and healing and growth through Jesus, that's going to shape me to become the person that creates that vision, that creates that experience. I cannot do that in this moment today. So as I work towards that, it's going to require a new level of me. It's going to require a higher caliber of me. And so in 2024, I really invite you to build or create or envision something bigger than yourself, something that's bigger than one year out, something that's more than just losing 20 pounds and signing up for a gym. What is something you want to work towards? And it could be Maybe taking your kids on a Disney vacation that's going to cost you, I mapped it out for our family, it'd be about $18,000. So if I really wanted that experience for my family, I'm going to have to grow and evolve into learning how to save more and budget better and discipline myself with my finances and plan and strategize and take the risk because I won't have the $18,000 up front, right? Like think of things greater than yourself so that you can evolve in the discipline and in the faith and in the knowledge required to become that version of you who experiences that. And not necessarily because you're doing it, but because you're being reformed in Christ, affording you that vision and dream. And if that is not meant for you, then it will be taken away. Then you will be guided away from it. But trusting in that process, see, the, the gaps in manifestation is that it's assumed that you are both your problem and your solution. And imagine telling someone, this is what always got me with manifestation. Imagine telling someone that the reason that they were raped was because there's a karmic curse on them or that there is this, um, this law of attractions like cycle that they're meant to break in this life how how despairing is that to believe that you just deserved that experience because you created it and you're also going to be the solution out of it what if god willed that for you unfortunately to refine you so that you could become a counselor or a support or a guide or a volunteer or build a nonprofit charity or build an incredible company or help your child, your daughter, your son who may go through that circumstance and you would have never have been able to see the signs or know the signs or know a way out unless you healed in that, unless you learned ultimate forgiveness through God for the ways in which you maybe abandoned yourself because of that or the ways that you neglected yourself because of that or the ways that you carried deep shame surrounding that. Like that to me tells me that there's 
so much purpose in everything we face, even if we don't understand why they happen to us. That if anything, putting that notion and that focus in God gives you that reason, gives you that solution, and also helps you to know that there really is truly a purpose for everything you go through, through everything you suffer, that you didn't will it, that you didn't manifest it, that you didn't create it, but that he knows the end and the beginning and everything. And regardless of all the choices that you make, as you become humbled and as you serve in him and as you devote yourself and life in him, everything truly does become brighter, lighter, greater, more peaceful, more joyous, more adventurous. Because no matter where you are in your life, your focus is always in him and he is your ultimate healer. So number two is if you don't get your life organized, and deal with your house and your finances and your health, you're going to spend this year burnt out, exhausted, developing ailments and illnesses. This is something that is quite a bold statement to say, but I have seen this time and time again over the past six years in everyone I have worked directly with, indirectly with, and people that I just know personally. When their house, when your house is not in order, there is only room for chaos. When your space is not organized it doesn't have to be perfect I have four kids my house is not perfectionately cleaned all the time laundry always put away like I have a pile of laundry sitting in front of me yes folded but nonetheless not put away Um, we have some toys that are sitting like on our tables that should be in bins somewhere it's not perfect but it's clean it's orderly I have certain days throughout the week where I do take care of these things so I know that that laundry might sit there today and tomorrow but by Tuesday it's going to be put away every day the laundry is flipped and at the very least it's sitting in baskets clean or dirty to be going in the washing machine and I do at least two loads a day and so I'm using laundry as a, for an example um, I also have chores for my children so that things stay orderly When we don't give our children opportunities to build discipline in helping and supporting the home, we actually do quite a disservice for them because that is what breeds entitlement. And and my children don't get rewarded with money or toys. I will say thank you. I'm genuinely thankful for it. But I want them to know first and foremost that these are responsibilities that are expected of you. These aren't something things that you do where you're going to get rewarded for. There is many things in life that you are expected to do that you will not get rewarded for. And having a disorderly house will breed more chaos. Your environment is a direct reflection of your internal state of being. Now, the caveat to this is that if you bear quite a lot of deep shame and guilt particularly, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, like the cleaning and organizing might be something that you adopt to try and cleanse yourself of the chaos that exists within you. So your chaos might not have spilled out into your environment, um, but it has manifested itself so deeply internally that you can't stand to have a disordered environment. It's your way of keeping your chaos at bay. Here's the catch, and it's not even a catch. When you turn your life to Jesus, when you keep your focus on him, when you ask for the forgiveness, the healing, the love, the truth to be revealed to you, and you give your life to him, you don't need to obsess about cleaning your environment. You don't need to worry about a disordered disordered environment. 
because you're naturally going to build in mechanisms and strategies and schedules to help you to keep it organized without it consuming you. Without you needing to pull out the vacuum the second crumbs hit the floor and you need to vacuum that up or the second you see dust on the counter and you need to go and wipe that up, like you will be healed of that. You will be freed of that. You will be able to release that and your ability to stay on a schedule and within time management um, within your life will just start to adjust naturally and accordingly. Finances. Everyone right now is facing this idea, and it's not even an idea anymore, it's a reality, of a global economic collapse. That is a reality. Here's the thing. Regardless of where you are, it is no longer a viable excuse to say that I don't know how to file my taxes. I was never taught to budget and save. I was never fill in the blanks surrounding finances. That is a victim mentality, and I'm going to say this boldly, and I'm going to say this honestly, because for quite a long time, I lived in this idea from all the new age stuff that the reason my finances were in disarray was because of how I was raised, was because of how I grew up, was because of how what my parents did or did not taught me, was because of what the school did or did not teach me. When I stopped subjecting myself to that mentality and frame of mind, I started taking control of my finances. Now, even though we're on the brink of an economic collapse, actually, we're pretty much there. But anyways, let's assume we're not. I'm going into this year knowing that there is a quite a vast amount of debt that's going to get paid off, uh, knowing exactly what my budgets are every month, knowing exactly what I can spend, knowing exactly what I need to make above and beyond to afford extras above the extras that we love to experience in our current home I know what I can't have yet and what I get to work towards I don't have to stress and worry about money or the economy or what Trudeau is doing or the states are doing whatever or we're shipping and receiving and exporting and importing and food shortages and all this stuff I don't have to worry about any of that because I've gotten a handle on my finances and I have an incredible resource for you her name is Sandra She's a financial expert and she helps people get in control of their money. And I would highly recommend you go and you reach out to her and see what she has different courses and she has coaching available to help you through this so that you can get your finances organized this year. I'm telling you right now, if this isn't something that you start to prioritize, and yes, it might sound like, okay, well, here's another thing for the list. Again, put your focus in Jesus first. Reach out to one person to help you through whatever is your weakest point right now. And then let all the other cards fall where they may. You will naturally start to develop the capabilities and the disciplines and the skills to to work through and navigate all the things that you're challenged by right now. But get your house in order, get your finances in order, and even like, and, and with that, get your health in order. By... Getting your finances in order, then you can start to understand how much money you can allocate towards a better healthy lifestyle, whether that's keeping up on supplements, whether that's getting private testing. I always recommend Dr. Jacques Moser on here. I'm going to link both of them in the um, bio of this. Go and reach out to Dr. Jacques Moser. He has also recognized the, the disservice that a lot of natural paths are causing in the industry by charging obscene amounts of money for support he has lowered his rates for 2024 he does proper testing he figures out what your body where you're at as a whole 
versus treating specific like I have brain fog, I have gut issues, I have digestive issues, I have constipation, I have this, I have inflammation, I have wonky periods. He doesn't just treat the one thing you think is the problem. He looks at you in totality and then goes through figuring out and navigating where your entire body's at because what you think is the problem I can guarantee isn't. Every time we have gone through private um, testing and private practitioners for my husband's health, what he thought was the problem was never actually the problem. Um, what he thought was, so he has heart issues. What he thought was heart issues was an insane byproduct. His complications of his heart was a byproduct of not eating the proper foods. And it's not even that we eat a terrible diet. It was that even things like um, chickpeas, he can't have chickpeas. They cause him high inflammation, whereas I can have chickpeas. He can't have rice. It causes him like severe inflammation and bloating and brain fog um, and weighs on his heart more than it causes me. I don't have any problems with eating rice. So it you could be thinking or you could assume that you're eating a healthy diet, but if you don't actually know what your body needs, there can be symptoms and other ailments that are caused just because you just didn't know. So getting your finances in order allows you to understand what you have to allocate towards looking into these things and evolving um, your health routines and practices. But please know that above all else, getting out and walking every day in the sun or on your treadmill, just moving around in your life, bringing physical exercise brings out natural stabilizing hormones that are going to help you to feel better (coughs) excuse me so that is something that you can do without ever needing to spend a dollar the outside is free and if you have issues with mobility even just sitting in a chair with some two pound weights or some ankle weights and just like helping yourself move around and get little forms of exercise is so detrimental to your health okay i don't want you to have burnout like let's Can we just make a pact together this year that above anything we've talked about today, that the focus and the priority is in Jesus. That in everything you do, and before you start anything else, you put your faith in him wholeheartedly, devotedly, because none of of this other stuff matters without him. And if you're going to try and change all your external factors, Without Jesus at the center of it, I'm going to tell you right now, it's never going to be fulfilling. You're never going to keep it up and you're always going to feel in lack of. You're always going to operate from survival mode. The only way, the only way, and nobody will tell you this, but I am here to tell you this today. The only way to truly get out of survival mode is to give your life to Jesus. And on, let's say the devil's advocate would say, yes, but Riley, there's lots of people with lots of other religions and lots of other beliefs. Like what makes Jesus the way? Well, first and foremost, there is only one God that created everything. Even psychology and science at its foundational core can only observe what is happening, but cannot pinpoint a cause to how, to the effect of how it's happening. It can only observe what is happening. It cannot pinpoint specifically logically tangibly other than through faith alone that there is a creator a a creator to creation right there is a painter to the painting there is an architect to the to the builder um so god is the only way and through god 
He specifically says, the only way to me is through my son. Jesus is the light, the truth, and the way. You cannot come to the father except for through the son. And so we know that. We know that. It's actually interesting. I'll do another episode on this, but I'll just give a like highlight point to this. In studying all other major religions, we have Judaism, Islam, um, Islam, Confucianism, Buddhism, Christianity, and the indigenous practices. Um, in every single one of those, it is all based off of personal perspective. In the Islam belief and in the Judeo belief, the, the Judeo belief does not have any answers in terms of the afterlife. They don't have any specific identification as to where people go. In the Islam religion, it was very much predicated on a man who decided one day that he was the prophet and he was going to live out this way, believing that in order to display who God really is, you needed to have economic, social, and what was the other one? Economic, social, and um, oh, power, like strength and war. So if you didn't have these things, like God should have these things, Otherwise, it, everything's a disservice to God. But God didn't need to be on the greatest thrones. Jesus didn't need to be on the greatest thrones. Jesus didn't need to have dominance over cities. Jesus didn't need to have thousands of warriors. He had 12 disciples. He was a messenger to those who needed him most, from the prostitutes to the murderers to the thieves to the family to family members. And he knew that his message wasn't meant to be in one place and that he went about spreading the word and that through sharing his love and sharing his grace and sharing the truth, God's truth, biblical truth, that everyone could be saved by faith alone, by grace alone, you are saved. It's really interesting how all these other religions, though there are elements that could be partial truths, right? There's so many missing parts that make up a whole story that the Bible really affords people that deeper understanding. And if you've never really looked into this, I'd highly recommend watching Jordan Peterson's biblical series on YouTube. It is a phenomenal breakdown from a logical perspective of the undeniable truth and reality of the Bible. Really, really great. So with all that being said, I'm going to wrap this up. I want you to truly have the most joyous, adventurous, wonderful, loving, compassionate, mercy-led life in 2024. But that doesn't mean it's not going to come without challenges. It doesn't mean it's not going to come without grief or anger or madness or sadness. It doesn't mean that you're just going to skip over those things with or without Jesus. You're going to experience those things anyways. But your focus doesn't have to go down with the ship, so to speak. Your focus can remain in the one who is here to save you and who has offered himself in your place, regardless of any pain that you face this year. If you're growing, if your goal is to grow and to heal and to evolve and to impact, even if that impact is in your children, you want to be more patient, present mom, you want to be a better wife, you want to just serve more, It's going to come with growing pains. There is going to be a fire that you are called to be refined in. But if your focus is in him, and as you get your life sorted out and straightened out, everything really truly does get better, no matter what pain or sadness or challenge may come your way. 
And that's what I want for you. So I am really excited for 2024 for you. There is so many opportunities for growth and healing and adventure and joy, regardless of what the government is doing or the economy is doing or the elites are doing or Hollywood is doing. Turn that shit off. Turn it off. Put your face in the Bible. Spend your day devoted, even if it's 10 minutes, to God. Pray over your hardships and just truly watch your life evolve for the better. All right. I love you guys and I'll see you in 2024.